It is my pleasure and honor to be with you. I bless God for every single one of you. I'm praying God's peace be upon you today. Praying God's health and strength be upon you today. I'm praying that his purpose be upon your life today. I'm praying through the Holy Spirit that the blessings of the Lord reach everything you're looking at. Look, you're just even looking at it. I want the blessings of the Lord to be in it. Praying for you today. The Lord of God be with you today. I'm, I'm blessed and I am full of life and joy today to be in the house of God with you all. You know, uh, years ago, in, in the Old Testament, they had this concept of making an altar. I know if you've heard that when you're reading the Old Testament, you may have seen that people built an altar during these special occasions. Like these special occasions when Noah got off the ark for the first time and finally set his feet back on dry land, the first thing he did was build an altar. The first thing he did was build an altar, praise God and worship God, and he built the altar, but he made it simply out of stones. Like that wasn't just, they weren't worshiping the stones, that was a, really a reminder of what they have just gone through. Or maybe just what was promised when Abraham, in chapter 12 of Genesis, received the blessing from the Lord, and he was said that your children will be blessed. The first thing Abraham did wasn't go tell anybody else. He built an altar. The first thing he did when God promised him, not when he gave it to him, when he promised, he says, I'm going to build an altar. Same thing happened when Joshua was fighting one of the battles. He fought a battle, and the first thing he did after he won was build an altar. Now, today, these days, we don't build altars. That's not what we do. But what an altar really is, is a remembrance of what's happened. A remembrance of the victory. A remembrance of the promise. That means every time I go past the altar that I've built, I remember the promise. Every time I go past the altar that was built, I remember the victory. So every time Noah kind of goes past that altar that he built after he got off the ark, he remembers that I was on on the sea on water for ages, but God delivered me. Now, I told you today, these days we don't really have altars. We don't build altars, so to speak. But what we do have, what I kind of think of my substitute for altars, is songs. Like we'll have a song we sing (laughs) that represents my victory. Like we have a song we sing that kind of represents when I was going through a difficult time, but the Lord just held me just above water long enough so that dry land would finally appear and the first thing I do was sang my song. So next time when I go through it, when I go past that song and I just hear it on the radio, in my mind, that's my altar. I'm remembering. Oh gosh. I remember when my father passed. Man, I had a couple of songs that were struggled that helped me get through. Like every time I hear the song now, it's like, you are good, hallelujah, you are good. Even though it was tough time, that song was my altar. It reminded me that even though bad times come, the Lord will bring me through. (laughs) I don't know if you have a song in your head that is your altar for your situation, for the thing that you could barely get over, but the Lord gave you an altar so that every time you go past it, you would remember him. You'd remember his victory. Remember in him his purpose for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm blessed again to be with your in your presence. I am quite aware that last week I did kind of go over what I think of as of my, of my time frame. 
So in that regard, I'm hoping to be a bit shorter with you today. The Lord bless you. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of purpose. The scripture we just read is a really interesting one in, in St. Luke chapter 2. The um, thing you've got to realize about Joseph and Mary is, regardless of what we know about Jesus today, and regardless of what they were promised about Jesus to, in that moment, he was still their baby boy. He was still their child. They were still responsible for him. In fact, what we find out in the Gospel of Matthew is that they are so concerned with his safety, and you could say, in hindsight, why should you be? He's God in the flesh. Why be concerned with him? He's still a child to them. He's still very much a boy that needs care and needs attention and needs comfort and needs security. And what we realize when Jesus was a child, they took him to Egypt, they took him to the continent of Africa to get as far away as possible to keep him safe. So their safety of Jesus was paramount in their mind, even though the angel told them exactly who he is. As far as they're concerned, that's still my child. That's still my responsibility. That's still the boy I've got to give nurture to and I've got to give security to and I've got to feed and I've got to take care of. He was 100% human and 100% divine and Mary and Joseph played their part. So what do we find out in chapter two? That they are going the once a year that all Jewish folks celebrate the Passover. Same time, same part of the year since Moses instituted it in the land of Egypt. They've been celebrating the same way. And they come together in Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. So now we know a couple of things about Joseph and Mary. Not only are they devoted parents, but they're also very, very much part of the Jewish community and celebrating the Passover, right? We know that this was important to them. And what would traditionally happen is that wherever you're from, you would get your family, your friends together, and you'd go to Jerusalem in a group. There'd be maybe 50 of you, 100 of you, 150 of you. So you can imagine, in the tumult of such a journey, going to and from, you'd lose things. The thing you don't hope to lose, however, in this kind of journey, is the thing and person and child you love most. Like this child was the reason why you ended up in Egypt. This child is the reason why you were on the run, literally from the authorities, because they sought to kill him. But what we find out isn't that they just left him, See, the words are very important that were selected by the Gospel of Luke. They didn't just say they left Jesus. We find out that Jesus tarried. Jesus waited. The word tarry simply means to wait, to remain. Or another way to think about it is to linger with intent. Like I am waiting around with a particular purpose in my head. Like, they didn't just leave Jesus, that's actually not quite accurate. They didn't even forget him. Jesus deliberately waited in Jerusalem. And this is what I was thinking about when they finally caught up, I'm gonna get into the story a bit more, but when they finally caught up with him, the thing he said to them is incredibly important. He says, didn't you, why are you looking for me or how are you, you know, looking for me? Don't you know I'm about my father's Business. I am about my father's business. Meanwhile, Joseph is standing right there with Mary. And he's telling them, I am about my father's business. The one who sent me here. I am now in flesh and the purpose of me being here is being met in this moment. 
What I was thinking about when we were thinking about this idea of why he left is because Jesus had purpose. The thing I'm realizing about purpose is not everybody understands it. Not everybody understands it, not everybody understands the timing, not everybody understands what you're supposed to be doing, but the purpose, the fact that you don't understand my purpose makes no difference to me, <laughs> right? I understand my purpose in Christ Jesus, so I'm gonna show up. I'm going to do what the Lord asked me to do because I understand my purpose. Now somebody looking at me is gonna come and say, why are you doing that that way? Aren't you supposed to be with us doing the thing that we are doing? I don't know if you've ever seen somebody who's really disciplined athlete. Like they will wake up at six o'clock in the morning. Not even six. I remember story, hearing stories about Kobe Bryant and his workout regime. He would wake up at four o'clock in the morning before anybody else was working out. In fact, when he was um, part of the Team USA, he was part of Team USA, and Team USA's were, were, they were out, a bunch of boys together, doing the athletes thing, coming in at four o'clock in the morning from wherever it is they were at at four o'clock in the morning. And meanwhile, while they were going up to go back to bed, Kobe was going down to the gym, <laughs> while everybody else from Team USA was going up to try to get to bed, Kobe was going down to the gym. Why? Because he realized that in order to do what I needed to do, I can't be with you all all the time. I've got to do the purpose that is in me to fulfill the, the word that is in me, right? So, so look, you could, go eat, you could go with the crowd, you can go and be with the crowd, or you can fulfill your purpose. Jesus realized that I could actually go back with my family right now. At 13, he, at 12, he realizes that my purpose begins now, which tells me something else. <laughs> your purpose has nothing to do with your age. You don't have to wait any particular time or any particular moment to get into your purpose. Your purpose begins exactly when you realize you have a purpose. You can start moving according to purpose as soon as you realize you have a purpose. And don't be afraid because people aren't going to understand that you have a purpose. They're not. They're going to take off and go home. Meanwhile, you're going to be in your purpose. Amen? Let me read the scripture out because I want you to understand this. Verse 42. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled, excuse me, when they'd fulfilled the days, they returned the child tarried behind in Jerusalem. So Jesus knows it's time to leave. But Jesus also knows I've got to wait. Jesus knows also that it doesn't matter that I'm just 12 years old. I've got something to do here. I'm trying to tell you that there's no reason to wait for a season to come to start fulfilling your purpose. You don't have to wait for permission to start fulfilling your purpose. Your purpose doesn't require permission because it's in you because God's put it in you. And the thing is, no one else can do your purpose for you. <laughs> you are uniquely you. There's not another like you. I don't even care if you're a twin. You are you. You only exist in that space and that time. You cannot exist in two places at once. You are only you. That means that the thing that is for you is only can be fulfilled by you. That's why missing your purpose is such a singular problem. Because no one else can make up for your purpose. No one else can do it. No one else can do all the things that you can uniquely do. 
Amen. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a whole day's journey. Literally a whole day they leave Jesus. They don't even realize it's there. As I said, they kind of travel in troops. They travel with their kinsfolk. They travel with the people that are close to them. They're trying to get there in safety. These roads aren't safe, so going in a bigger crowd, maybe they'll be more safe traveling the roads. So they get to Jerusalem and they turn around and get to go back. And they do it an entire day. I've told you that this is Jesus, yes, but this is their 12-year-old boy. They supposed, the scripture tells us that they assumed, they supposed that he was with, maybe he was with some friends of his in the company and they was along with them. And then before they realized there's a whole day between us and Jesus. Now you can imagine as guardians, as parents, what that would do if you missed out and left. I remember years ago, my oldest sister, we were, my oldest sister has special needs. And we, were, um, we went to London to a big convention. And, and for some reason, she didn't get in the van. She's, she, was, she was in her 20s at this point, but she still needs assistance with living and, and so on and so forth. And she didn't get in the van, and we took off. We'd only got down the street, and we stopped. My dad stopped the van, suddenly realizing she wasn't in the van. We turned around. My sister was at the, on the side of the street waiting. Just kind of like this look on her face like, why did you leave me, right? Right, can you imagine the kind of feeling of, we had this feeling of anxiety that we gotta get back to her. We gotta get back to Janice, right? Just a simple mistake, simple kind of logistic mistake. You can imagine it happening. And then that dread feeling you have that not only is, is my child not with me, but he's at least one day journey away from us now. We've left him somewhere along the route. We don't know, but he's there. The thing about Jesus is he's not having that mindset. His mindset is I'm fulfilling my purpose. And when they get here, they get here. That's the thing about purpose. People without purpose and people with purpose. You ain't focused on the fact that you're missing out. You're not focused on the fact that you didn't get to that really, there's this um, concept, FOMO, which is kind of fear of missing out. It's kind of like one of those mean things that Pope used. I have this I have FOMO because everybody was at that thing last night. Everybody was at, at that event. I don't have FOMO. <laughs> I'm not fearing of missing out of anything because I'm fulfilling my purpose right where I am. I am doing my purpose. And once you're about your purpose, there's no fear of missing out. You just got something that I didn't need or want. <laughs> You're coming up, I'm going down to work out. Amen? Let me go, verse four, where verse did I stop at? Verse 44, but they supposing him to have been in the company went a day's journey and they sought him among their king's folk. Well, the first thing they assumed about Jesus is that he was with them somewhere. He's missing, but he's probably around his kinfolk. That speaks to not Jesus' purpose. That speaks to their assumptions about Jesus' purpose. There's a difference. What people assume your purpose to be is different to actually what your purpose is. You know your purpose. I am not necessarily knowing your purpose, but I'm here to support your purpose, especially as it, it, it pertains to Christ Jesus. You have to know what your purpose is, and I can just simply support you. Amen? So they didn't know what Jesus' purpose was, so they assumed he was with kinsfolks. That's their first assumption. 
Verse 45, and when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. So their first stop, their first stop was he's probably with his friends playing somewhere. That's the assumption. Then they realize that's not the case. We've got to trace our steps back to Jerusalem. That's the step number two. When you don't understand somebody's purpose, you're just trying things. What is the thing that motivates them? You have to find their purpose to find where Jesus is. You want to know where Jesus is? Find the thing that is his purpose, and that's exactly where he'll be. You want to find out what my purpose is? You want to find out what I'm doing? Find out what my purpose is, and that's where I will be. That's where my heart will be. Amen? Could you help pick that up in verse 44, please? And it came to pass, verse 44, but they, yes. supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. Yep. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking They're him. looking for him now in Jerusalem. Maybe he's in Jerusalem. Let's keep going. Verse 46, and it came to pass that after three days. Three days. All right, now I'm retracing my steps. Now we know that they were day out, so that's a day we understand. But then it took them an extra two days to find Jesus. Three days. There's no, uh, what's the, was it Bolo? There's no Bolo alert. There's no kind of thing that comes on your cell phone to let people know, child is missing, alert, help me. None of that. You've just got to retrace your steps. And I was thinking about the process of three days trying to figure out where your child is. Not just any child, mind you, the child that the angel came and told you about before you even had the child. The child that in chapter two, two people prophesied to you about the nature and the wonder of this child. This isn't just anything you've lost. This is the son of God you've lost. Gosh, can you imagine the terror? I've lost my child, yes. And I've lost so much more. <laughs> There's so much levels to how much loss they have. And they feel this feeling for three whole days. I couldn't lose my keys for three whole days, let alone lose some human for three days. I wouldn't know what to do with myself for three days if I have lost something that's precious to me for that long. And here they are dealing with that. And when they finally, if you keep reading. Yes, sir, and it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple. Found, okay. Now, I do actually have a question about Primarian Joseph. Given you know who Jesus is, how is it that it takes three days for you to check out the temple? I do have a bit of a problem now. Now I think about it, I actually do have a bit of a problem. Why did it take you three days knowing who Jesus is? Even at 12 years old, that should have been stop number one. Like, I could have found him on day one, just get me back to Jerusalem, I know, but we know now who his purpose is, right? So now we know what his purpose is, we know where he's gonna be. You wanna know where I will be every Sunday? Find out what my purpose is. And then you'll say to yourself, I know exactly where he'll be because I know what his purpose is. We could have shortcutted a whole two days out of our stress, out of our, Problems and worry and concern had I known what his purpose was. You know what I've realized about purpose? Purpose is happily going to lose a few friends. Purpose is happy to lose a few friends as long as I'm fulfilling the thing that is true to me. 
Too many of us are trying to fulfill the friend's purpose and losing out on our own purpose. Like that's the thing your friend wants, but what is it that you want? What is the thing that you're going after? What is the thing that you are supposed to be doing? And then you get to at the end and you're 37 or my, you know, whatever age you are, and you'll say to yourself, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. That's because you spent the last six years following somebody else's purpose. <laughs> and the struggle then is reconciling what you're going to do now. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me how long it takes you to find what his purpose is, but as long as you find him, <laughs> he'll let you know what, your, what his purpose in, in you will be. Let's go, to, go back again to verse uh, 46. And it came to pass yeah. that after three days, Man, they found him. They found him in the temple. Makes sense now that I think about it. Yeah. Where else would I find Jesus? He would be in the temple. It makes sense now. Can you imagine they'll never make this mistake again? He's not going to be playing with his cousins. He's not going to be playing with his friends. He's not going to be on the journey back. He's going to be in the temple. And look at what is happening in the temple. Sitting in the midst of the doctors, <laughs> both hearing them and asking them questions. He is sitting amongst the smartest people on the planet, and he's not just listening to them, he's asking the most intelligent questions anybody can ever understand or master. He's sitting amongst the most learned people at 12, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> fulfilling his purpose, fulfilling his intense desire. Let's keep going. Verse 47, and all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So now they're looking at Jesus and they're realizing there's something different within just a few minutes. They've had a maximum of three days to get used to this child and they're still amazed at him after day three of hearing what Jesus is saying and hearing how he's listening to people. What I loved about this verse as well is that it said that Jesus was listening to them. I was, I was actually, I can't remember if I read it this way before, but I always remember him speaking to them. But one of the things I love about this scripture now is that he was hearing them too. And I just love that, that he in his purpose isn't just to tell you what's wrong, it's to hear from you too. That in Jesus' purpose, it's not just about telling you what to do, it's not about telling you what you should be doing, it's about hearing you and hearing what you're going through and hearing the things that concern you and hearing how things may be confusing to you. I love the hearing part of his ministry too. I love that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's keep reading. And all that were with him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Amazed at his answers. Amazed at his understanding. The fact that these top things that we are discussing, you get. Life is amazing. And I think sometimes we hold on to our most complicated problems because we're not sure who's going to get them. Like, and we keep them in reserve and we sit on them and it turns into a ball of worry ball of concern, a ball of anxiety, and we keep it down right here. And Jesus within three days has brought out these difficult questions of these people at 12. You've got to ask yourself, what is my purpose? How am I supposed to be helping? How am I supposed to be resolving? How am I supposed to be helping heal people who hear the word of God? Asking your purpose is part of your journey. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's keep going. And when they saw him, Yes, yes. They were amazed, and his mother said unto him, Son. So Joseph and Mary finally caught up with him, right. and they're amazed. 
This tells you everything. They know the pro what the angels told them they know. What the prophecies have told them they know. Yes. <laughs> Hearing who Jesus is and experiencing who Jesus is are two different things. We can know academically that Jesus saves, but experiencing that he saves is two different things. Somebody can tell you that I've come to know Jesus and it transformed my life, but experiencing the transformation is amazing. It's astonishing. That's the part I will often tell about my uncle, my uncle Tom, literally his name was Uncle Tom, and he was my dad's brother. This man, and I don't, I'm not speaking, this is just the facts, and he'll tell you, if, if he was here today, he would tell you the same thing. He was one of the meanest people on the planet. I mean, he was very mean. Like, <laughs> um, he was so mean, people just knew him as being that mean, right? My father was in the ministry. He didn't want anything to do with it. He was happy the way he was. And my father's brother um, eventually came to Christ, gave his life to the Lord. Literally, I remember my dad just crying because he was, his brother finally come to Jesus. And he's, he's emotional. I just remember, I literally remember the moment he, he told me what he said to his wife. He says, Migan. It was like he was, I'm going up to get saved. And he went up there and he was baptized and, and, and the Lord blessed him and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and the, the amazing thing about it is, it wasn't just that he accepted the Lord, but he accepted him into all his life. Literally, he told me, he said, my daughter's uh, rang me the other day. He has two daughters. And he says, my daughter's rang me the other day and they came, to, they wanted to know what was wrong with me. I said, what do you mean what's wrong? And so they finally came to his house and they had a sit down conversation with him. What is wrong? You've changed. You're not the same. Literally, the impact of having, not just hearing, now he was, he grew up in a house that respected the Lord and respected who God was. He, he grew up in the same house as my father. My grandmother was a, apparently the most, one of the most uh, prayerful women in the town that they grew up in. But hearing who Jesus is and experiencing who Jesus is, that's two very different things. How is it that after 12 years, Joseph and Mary are now amazed? How is it after 12 years, Joseph and Mary are now astonished? Because hearing who Jesus is and experiencing who Jesus is are two different things. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now they're starting to realize, wait a minute, what the angel said to me yes. is absolutely correct. What the prophet said yes. is correct. I'm coming down here. Let me go, come, go down. It's the next verse. And his mother said yeah. to him, son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. We have been upset because we've been looking for you, Jesus. We have been beside ourselves with worry, concern, and sorrow, looking for you. Here's the difference between your actions to somebody with purpose and your actions to somebody without purpose. I'm sorry and concerned for where you are. Purpose is saying, you don't know where I am right now. When <laughs> I'm standing in my purpose, I'm saying back to the worry and concern you're showing for me, I'm fulfilling what I'm supposed to be doing. Your concern is misplaced because I know where I'm supposed to be. What did Jesus say back to her? And he said unto them, verse 49, how 
is it that you saw? Jesus has kind of turned the question around. He says, what, how are you looking for me? I know where I am. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. How is it you're looking for me? He says, I am in my purpose. And what does he say next? I love the King James Version, but I sometimes have to translate some of these words to make sure we've got them. Wist is the word for, don't you know? Don't you know that I must be about my father's? Like, I've got no choice but to be here. Had you have asked, I could have told you exactly where I was going to be and when I was going to be there. Because I am about my father's business. Purpose will make sometimes you have to leave certain situations alone because your purpose requires it of you. The only question at this point is what is your purpose? <laughs> and even if you don't know what it is, seek the Lord. He will reveal it in you. Jesus is sitting here saying, you're concerned about me and I'm concerned about my father's business. You don't have to be concerned about me when, you have, when I have purpose. You have to be concerned about somebody who has no goals. Like, where, what are you planning to do? What are you trying to do? Have you thought about college? Have you thought about training school? Have you thought about something? I need to know what you've thought about. Once you've thought about it and have something, I stop worrying about you. Now, what this, this is, is, is indicating to Jesus now is that you understand that I have a purpose. And it is a greater purpose than just being an obedient son. <laughs> it's a greater purpose than just being a kind friend. It's a greater purpose than that. And I'm asking you, encouraging you, seek the Lord's purpose in your life. Constantly go after it. Seek him in prayer, in intimate discussion. He was happy to tell them once they asked, I'm about my father's business. I don't imagine he snuck off. I think he was in the temple the whole time. As soon as the Passover was done, I think Jesus took himself straight to the temple, <laughs> took himself straight to the temple and said, I'll see those, my mother and father, in three days, but I've got work to do here, right? Your concern is your purpose. Your purpose is always in front of you. Keep going after it. May the Lord add a blessing to this word in Jesus' name.